Hello, listeners. Hey. Uh, this is another episode of Filmed in Canada. We're a podcast about Canadian movies, or those movies that you've heard of but never watched. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, William Lee. Over on this end of the room is Alexander Cairns, and we're talking about a movie that a bunch of people probably have seen and heard of, uh, maybe? I don't know. Probably. I've, uh, I've encountered more people... Um, who have seen this movie than uh, compared to other Canadian movies. Yeah, yeah for sure. Even, even I would say, compared to, like, Cronenberg. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, that movie, in case you missed the title when you chose to listen or download this, is Cube from 1997. Yeah. Um, kind of, very much a horror movie, kind of a science fiction movie. Actually, no, I'm, I'm thinking again, everyone's seen The Fly. Has everyone seen the fly? Like Most more people, more, people, fly, more sure. people have seen the fly than have seen the cube. Have seen cube, I would say. Um, maybe, I think I think more people remember cube. Would you say? I don't know. Well, there was. I think uh, I think people who were watching horror movies in the eighties probably would have seen the fly. Yeah. And and people who were discovering horror movies in the nineties, I think, cube might have been one of the ones that they uh, that for sure they checked out or their mm-hmm. friends recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I. I guess we're going to dive into it. Let's do it. Yeah. Cube. Uh, By the way, how you doing, man? Haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I'm doing okay. We had, we have, this is our first recording since the, um, I'm the New Year's right. times. I'm doing all right. Um, you got your Voyage of Time shirt on. Yeah. I uh, saw the uh, Terrence Malick um, little meditation on existence. I really liked how it was like directed at children. It was, like a, it was kind of like a letter to a child. Like the framing device of like the it was it was kind of introduced as like the just this description of the universe to a child. I, I really like that. Oh, okay. I didn't really think of it that way. I mean, I, I certainly I certainly was moved when when Brad Pitt called me uh, a child of the light. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get the I, sense that that was slightly sarcastic. Oh, from me? Yeah. No, no. I'm I'm I really mean I was moved you, okay. to hear uh, to hear that line of dialogue yeah um, the, no, okay, I, I know he's not talking to me specifically um, right but i mean uh, you know the narrator brad pitt um talking to the audience um saying you are a child of the light and of the good um i just i was moved by it uh, mm-hmm. uh sincerely um i'm not a religious person but for 40 minutes um watching that movie um it just it put me in a in a state where I thought about existence for mm-hmm. a while. and so it's good. I, I recommend uh, Voyage of Time if if it's showing anywhere near you. Yeah, if it's still playing, I don't yeah. know. Here it's still it's still yeah. at the at the uh, Tell Us Science World thingy. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking so, about Cube. Yeah. If, going back to contemplating your existence, uh, that's what yeah. these characters have to do in in this movie. So. For people who, for the uninitiated, I guess we'll just quickly, uh, we'll do a brief, um, like what it's about. I think I'd feel better if we, if we didn't, you didn't like spoil details, especially toward the end. Because I think, I think this is a fun movie that people could discover if they haven't already. Yeah. Okay. Um, But a group of people wake up one at a time in, in a cube in in this room with, uh, with doors on each of its six sides. Um, and uh, and they open a door, and it might be booby trapped in the next compartment of the cube. Um, but they eventually, uh, six of them eventually end up in one place, and so they have to work together 
to navigate this structure, this, uh, this uh, a bunch of cubes all linked together. They have to figure out if they're going to get out of this whatever it is. They're not really sure. We're not really sure. They, you know, it might be the government that has constructed it. It might be aliens. But um, it's, it's like a, a life-threatening situation that uh, they're going to stay in these cubes or, or, and rot in these cubes or die trying to get out. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty lean premise, and I think it. I thought it it, it sustains itself. Uh, it's suspenseful for its full ninety minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like for a movie that like ha- I'm presuming was made on a, a fairly small budget. Um, like having the cube conceit and going from room to room um allows them allows it to feel like it's this larger space but i'm sure they probably only had one or maybe they would have had at least, i mean they would have had to have a few of these rooms because it doesn't look like a like a visual effect or a special effect that they're like green screening in the background of another one when they open one door so it, they must have had built at least two next to each other but beyond that they didn't build this massive structure and no. so they're able to just through set design um, create a different feel for each room based on the lighting and all that kind of thing, and it feels like this much larger space. Yeah, the the illusion of of it being this big complex of cubes, I think, is pulled off. I think they only had one cube. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so uh, just reading up a little bit on where it came from, and also um, the DVD, I, the DVD I had, um, the director Vin. Vincenzo Natali, yeah. he, um, he offers a commentary. So I listened to a little bit of that. Okay. So the, the director um, is, was born in Detroit, Michigan, um, and he studied film at Ryerson University. Okay, I didn't know he was actually not like a native-born Canadian. No, but he, but he trained in Canada. Yeah. Um, and after Ryerson, he was at the Canadian Film Center, which is a, um, a training center for emerging filmmakers. It was founded by Norman Jewison in 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the programs that they have is uh, the, f- the feature film project, which offers funding and, and uh, like promotional support and stuff for first-time filmmakers doing a low-budget feature. So uh, f- through that, um, the feature film project from the Canadian Film Center, um, he got $350,000 Canadian to make the film. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, it, it sounded like he made the, it sounded like they were able to make one cube. Yeah, um, which uh, which is constructed with uh, they can change the lighting and stuff, and, and I guess they had some sort of a, a background, a backdrop outside of the cube that they when they open the doors. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it sounds maybe like it maybe they were using some sort of perspective trickery to yeah. to kind of give the illusion that there was other things in the background, but they were just kind of close up versions of yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know but, the technical terms to use to describe that, but. Yeah, you get what it, it means, there's right? some trick photography yeah. and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, Vincenzo, he in the commentary, he he says like at first it would he thought it would be an ideal way to make a, a low budget movie is to be contained in one set, but it actually became pretty hellish because it was a confined space. Yeah, um, with with a crew of like fifty people. Yeah, for yeah. for a month, and it was just it was it was a bit a uh, uh, bit of a torture for them yeah. after a while. And also, uh, you can I think you can you can expect uh, with the bright lights on a on a film set mm-hmm. in a closed space like that, um, it probably is not the most comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
for a movie that's relatively low budget, even by Canadian standards, I think. Um, yeah. We talked about Exotica, which I think had a million dollar budget. I think it might have even been two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for Cube to look like it has like a good amount of production value, I think is is quite uh, an accomplishment. I'll, yeah. I actually I, I wanted to ask you what what you thought of just like the look of the movie actually because I was setting up an, a new TV. And I didn't notice until afterward that I still had the motion smoothing on, so it did look kind of, kind of stagey to me. But I feel like that was mainly probably because of the settings on the television and not so much the movie itself. I don't know, but oh. uh, well, I, I don't know if that's what you mean. But um, for me, it felt a little bit like um, it felt a little bit like the sets you see in a in a British sci-fi show okay not doctor not as, who not as cheap as doctor who but <laughs> like maybe like a little bit above doctor who level yeah that's kind of what it felt like to me yeah yeah um if yeah if that's if that's a way to to gauge how it how it feels right like i like that the the cube felt like it was this metal thing mm-hmm. um but the way that the way the the lighting um is uh, is transferred through like this sort of like a, an opaque surface i mean that looks all kind of plasticky yeah don't, I, I think but i mean it didn't detract from it but you know it just it certainly looked like a uh, plastic and metal kind of set mm-hmm. um but then because it is the structure that they've uh, replicated um however many thousand times to, to make all the booby traps uh, i accepted that it was a fabricated structure that would look a little you know it, you know it has solid walls but yeah, then yeah. The, the features are a bit cheap so mm-hmm. is uh, is that what you're getting at in terms of the look of it yeah and and even just like how it was lit and like did, just like did that feel natural within the environment that they cre- had created I, I think it feels artificial uh, yeah because uh, because it's an enclosed space like that mm-hmm. um when they the few times that they are able to peek outside of the structure um it looks like like it's just into a dark void and it has some it looks like it's assisted assisted by uh, some CGI. Yeah. Right? So, um, because we're never given any sort of real world reference, I guess I wasn't. Uh, my brain didn't really twig to saying like, "Oh, it's really fake." Yeah, yeah. The whole thing just felt like it was of a piece uh, of its uh, you know metal and plastic piece. Yeah. Yeah, and like those those CGI effects, while they might like someone might like chuckle at them today or whatever it's certainly it was certainly of its time and and i think it's enough to sell whatever they're trying to communicate yeah 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 um did you ever watch the tv show the hbo tv tv show oz i did not okay you're aware of oz i do have the first season uh, on dvd sitting at home because someone at my office lent it to me but Okay. Um, she hadn't even opened it, so I don't feel compelled to watch it in a rush. <laughs> okay. It, it just it, it comes to mind in, uh, for two reasons. Um, one, the, uh, I think I think I was watching Oz around the same time. I I'm I'm not positive about the dates, but it was definitely mid '90s. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a situation where it was just uh, it was this soap opera of like of awful tough guys like in an enclosed space, right? Yeah. 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 And Oz, while it's uh, it was in this prison setting, and it, it was meant to look like it was all like like a, like a functioning type of prison. Yeah, um, that's something too where I just felt it looked a little bit fake because the the conceit of this special wing of the prison where 
where the inmates aren't behind bars, but they're behind like uh, like a like glass doors and stuff like that, so that they're more visible and you know, mm. um, so you know it's 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 like a it's a stylized prison. Um, yeah. The, the same way that in I think similarly in Cube, this is a stylized version of a some space prison thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, because like, because like, if if it really is, I mean, I guess we can get into the more philosophical elements of what, like, what we think the purpose of this thing is, or what the characters think the purpose of this thing is. But regardless, like, it doesn't seem like there's any cameras watching them, so it's like, wh- why would they need to have like different colors in the rooms and stuff like that, and like, like just those sorts of set design elements that lend again. I think it kind of lends itself to feeling like a larger space doesn't necessarily make any logical sense but like you say it's this kind of stylized version of of whatever the, kind of space jail on the on the colors on the colors um like the characters um they're trying to figure out if there's a pattern to the to the cube to so they can outwit whatever this thing is right mm-hmm. they never comment on the colors so i don't think no. do they? yeah okay so i think the colors are just there. irrelevant yeah it's, it's a it's just a thing for us so that we can feel like they're in the next in the yeah. next room or whatever yeah yeah um the, uh, so the characters that are assembled, I wrote down their names. And uh, did you recognize any of the actors? Um, I did recognize the main guy. Yeah. Okay, so Quentin. Quentin. Uh, yeah. He he's so he 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 tells us later that he is a cop or he used to be a cop. He's played by uh, Morris Dean Witt. Yeah. Um, Wint. Wint. Sorry. Yeah, I've seen I've seen him in uh, Hedwig in Hedwig in the Angry Inch. Oh, okay. And then uh, a couple other smaller TV shows. There was this, there was this kind of Nova Scotia set TV show called Haven that I watched for a while. Okay, it's like a supernatural thing. He was, I think, he was a cop on that show as well, actually. <laughs> All right, uh, Levin, uh, played by Nicole DeBoer. Yeah. Uh, so she's um, she turns out to be um, like a math student or something. So mm-hmm. they use her math skills to help um, figure out the cube. Yeah. There's Worth, played by David Hewlett. Um, he's uh, he's a bit mysterious at first, but he's he's some kind of a bureaucrat um, who has a connection, a loose. He's a contractor, right? Yeah. Who has a loose connection with the cube? Uh, Kazan, played by Andrew Miller, um, he's the uh, he's the the mentally handicapped um, guy who that they find and and uh, sorry, that, is that the right way to say it? I was I, I was just thinking I don't know what the right way to say that is anymore. If I said autistic, does that give away like what we find out about him later? Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It, I, that's I don't okay. think that's a spoiler. You said it anyway, so. Well, I get it. <laughs> um, um, and the Holloway, Holloway, um, played by Nikki. Ah, I wish I could. I wish I would write more neatly. Nikki. Guadagni. 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 I don't know. Okay. Well, she's. I think she's a nurse. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. Oh yeah. All right. So good. She's a medical doctor. All right. So those were. So those that's the main characters. Fine. But then there was also um, Ren. Right. Uh, played by Wayne Robson. Yeah. And I, and I recognized him from like a bunch of uh, Canadian Canadian TV. Yeah. Yeah. And he is. Um, He's like an escape expert, so to speak. He's escaped out of seven prisons. Yes. They don't tell us why he was in those prisons. No. But that more relevantly, to he that he's good at escaping from them. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's important that Quentin, the police officer, is the one to figure that out. That's true. 
Yeah. Uh, Quentin gives himself the job of being like the leader of the pack. Yeah. Um, and uh, and using everyone's skills. Actually, before we get into too much of that, okay. I wanted to, I wanted to just touch on the like the cold open in the movie with the other character. Okay. Yeah. Because like the movie starts with just a just a lone person in these cubes and and, and he's, he's played by julian richings right yeah and i was i was almost expecting i was like wait is this just going to be like a silent movie with like one dude running around these cubes i was like almost expecting that that could have been the case but obviously he gets killed off fairly quickly which is a fairly standard like movie horror movie trope of, of right introducing you to the world by killing off someone yeah um and then moving on to a whole new set of characters but the way that he gets murdered is just so awesome it is it's, oh it's a really good killing he gets just yeah. filleted into um, a bunch of cubes so to speak yeah the the movie like in the first couple of minutes it delivers on um uh, it delivers on something that's going to be scary um and gory and uh, and it's almost playful that they put the they put the name of the the title of the movie is worked into the first killing. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit. Uh, and, it's but bit and it's twisted. also it's also like um, I've heard I heard someone it might have even been Cronenberg describe scanners where like they they use the exploding head at the beginning of the movie as as kind of like an economical way to create tension throughout the rest of the movie because. Then just like every close up on a head for the rest of the movie, you're just anticipating that like it might explode. Right. <laughs> and so in the same way, like they they show this like gruesome killing at the beginning of the movie, but then the rest of the movie is is much more about the character interactions, but you're still you're still at the whim of of these death boxes and like is someone just randomly and arbitrarily going to get killed off in a really gruesome way at some point you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it establishes the tension, yeah. uh, and, and it, it holds through the movie. Yeah. Uh, there's there's one point where uh, Quentin's walking through a room, and uh, and then he sets off this trap, and, yeah. and he doesn't realize what it is at first because he can't quite see like the razor wires and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that then they go to that overhead shot. I mean, I, I kind of flinched because because uh, I was expecting because uh, my mind goes back to that the first killing, like yeah. is something like is something so gruesome about to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you listen to any of the commentary? By no. The yeah. They, they uh, because Cronenberg uh, gave them a little, uh, a quote to use on their posters, whatever, they, they sent him the, uh, the cubed head from the first killing. Oh, nice. To Cronenberg. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so I want to talk about the characters a little bit. Yeah. Because the, they ask themselves, why are they in this situation? Mm-hmm. And that's never really answered. So I, I guess it's, it's, it's up for the viewer's interpretation. Yeah. But each character has like a certain function. Uh, if they're going to work as a team, they have, they have a certain function. Mm-hmm. Um, except uh, Quentin, who makes himself the leader. Yeah. His function is to be the leader. Right? Yeah. Um, he doesn't have like a special skill to offer to the group. No. Yeah. And, I, and I would say that his leadership skills are also subpar. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that uh, he has he answers for that later. Uh, yeah, or I mean, yeah, all the all the characters answer for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, a movie, if you compare it to a movie like um, like Memento, which uh, which is, uh, I think you could interpret it as a movie that uh, that says like, what is what's the reason for your existence? Right? Mm-hmm. This character, the the character in, Mem- in Memento. Um, he exists. He he's created a puzzle for himself because he exists to solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, to 
Do, would you agree with that? Sure. So in so Cube, um, is it is it a scenario where different people, people from different segments of the society or with different skills, they have to decide to work together in order in order to survive, or or there's anarchy. Is, mm-hmm. is that is that what Cube is about? Yeah, I'd say so. And and it's all, like in its own way, it's kind of a microcosm of like a the various functions in a society there's there's the police officer there's the doctor um there's like the intellectual there's the there's the person who is more or less like that that essentially just needs the support of the societal group in the form of the um of kazan the kazan's character yeah Yeah. and um and then worth is he's he's kind of like the bureaucrat he represents government in a way, I guess. And in terms of just like the base things for a society to function, you need someone to keep you safe. You need someone to heal you. You need someone to invent things or come up, come up with ways to solve problems. You need, you need someone to, to just kind of run the day-to-day. And then there's also just people that are there to benefit from all of that but can't really contribute anything. Mm-hmm. Although, although in certain instances, like we see, they are able to contribute things, but yeah. I'd say that's I'd say that's like fairly representative of yeah. of kind of just like on a basic level what we need. Yeah. Now that's I think that is a I think that's sound. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you look at um, the scenario that's presented and and then it doesn't move, if they if they were to survive together, um, that makes sense. Except yeah. that the the movie seems to say that they can't survive together that if they if that if they progress from one room to the next their relationship deteriorates Mm -hmm. um ultimately they're not about it's not about how do we work together to survive it's it it becomes how do we how do i use other people so that i can get myself out i I, yeah i think that that becomes the like the conflict within the movie but um i think it's really only quentin's character that is set apart from the rest of them Otherwise, um, otherwise, I feel like the, the the remaining four characters would 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 more or less function on their own, and, and mm-hmm. I feel like they would be able to progress to a certain degree. But perhaps without without the threat of him causing trouble, or perhaps without his motivation through his leadership, they wouldn't come to the same problem solving conclusions that they do, and they'd just be stuck. Who knows? Yeah. Well, he accelerates whatever that they have to experience. Right? Yeah. So. Um, I guess you could argue that uh, he, you could argue whether Quentin is a positive force or, or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, but because he's put into there, he, because he's put into the cube with the rest of them, it's, it, it is a social experiment that, that is meant to run its course. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask who's, who's constructed this and who's put them in there. But um, I mean, I guess the, the easy answer is it's the filmmakers that's put them in there. Yeah. Um, they've assembled them because it's for our entertainment. Yeah. But although, although to a certain degree, like I, I think it's also worth considering that it could just be more or less random because like I've, I've, I've assigned the, all of, I, I've, I've said, you know, these are the important things that you need to run a society. And those, all of those things happen to be represented, but like one could argue that you know well, you need you need art or you need like i'm sure there are many many different ways to look at what are the five or what are the five most important elements of a society 
they could be a completely different thing. So it could be just be completely random why they're there and, and that they're not meant to function in any specific way. And, um, you know, ultimately it's just a, it's just a sadistic mind game that like that it's not some sort of social experiment that it's just a murder box mm-hmm. and these are the questions that that the movie leaves open for interpretation both for the characters and viewers i think what year did saw come out do you remember it would have been like early 2000s maybe like 2003 2002 that late? Or two I or three was... i think so okay. do you mind if i when did carrie elwes's career <laughs> suddenly become relevant again <laughs> For a short for, moment. Yeah, for a brief moment, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely thinking of the Saw movies when I was watching this. 2004, yeah. Oh, you're right, yeah. So Saw comes out much later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, how, much of, how much of Saw is influenced by Cube, do you think? Potentially some. I mean, uh, like, only to the degree that, like, they put people in a torture room. But, like, beyond that, I don't really think they those movies get into any of the sort of more interesting philosophical no it, it doesn't try to do discussions that this movie has yeah i don't know if i don't know if there's a link between the two but certainly when you know knowing that the two exist i can't help but say you know cube came first and i also just yeah i just, I just generally feel like i I've, i think I, I might have seen yeah i've seen saw two I don't think I saw anything beyond that, but the, the, like it's a much lesser yeah. exploration of the of similar types of themes. Like they, they've taken if if they are if they've been influenced by Cube, they've taken a concept and then just decided, well, let's just do the let's just concentrate on the torture. Yeah, I guess I guess Saw Saw is well, they, they do get they do kind of get into it. I remember it's kind of um, it's like these people who have like committed crimes or are like heroin addicts or whatever, and so it's like. I guess getting through these these torture puzzles, it's like if you get through it, you'll have like some renewed joie de vivre, <laughs> so to speak, or that you'll like you'll feel empowered to actually change something about your life. I think that's what the villain's goal is, actually, mm. okay. which is strange. But um, and I think it's it's also revealed that he was like one of the characters in the first movie or whatever, and it's just like who fucking cares? But yeah. I think that's ultimately a lot less interesting. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what, is it, what, what was your your point to bring up Saw? Just just because of the natural comparison you saw, or anything more specific? Uh, just uh, no, nothing, nothing too specific. Other than you know, I, I think um, I guess I was I was just trying to say is I, it seems like it's another example. Again, I can't I can't prove that there is a, a causal link between from from cube to saw but let's if there was one it seems like the wrong lessons are taken yeah like the wrong inspiration comes from cube yeah uh when it when it becomes uh something more expensive like saw yeah yeah um and and uh, i guess it should be said there are sequels to cube which mm. i haven't seen um so uh maybe if if it makes sense to 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 look at those in the future we would but uh, i don't know where the cube series went after yeah. this one you can generally anticipate diminishing returns with horror sequels, but mm, yeah, unless they. Although the Rob Zombie stuff. Halloween movies are good. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Maybe I'll get to them eventually. I yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like I like Rob Zombie. So, have you read any Franz Kafka? No, because I've I've I read in a description of the movie that it was described as Kafka esque. Okay, but I haven't read any Franz Kafka either. So I see. I've. 
I only have like that, you know, by association kind of because one movie, I think I saw something that was based on a Kafka story or another one that said it was like uh, the. Du- did you see the double? Uh, or no, that's actually based on Dostoevsky. Never mind. <laughs> I my understanding of Kafka esque was like where you're you're trapped in, uh, where you're a victim of a bureaucracy. Like yeah, you can't you can't reason your way out of it because the bureaucracy doesn't function to listen to your your rationale. Right. right. Um, I th- I think that's that's my my uh, cursory understanding right. of Kafka, but um, these characters have no choice they have no there's no they can't understand why they're in the game Mm -hmm. uh, in the cube so i like that they used math to like get their way out of it i bet you do yeah Yeah. uh because uh, it's a cool thing because our rating system is based on prime numbers yes um i liked it at first i mean well i'm not it's not that i did it's not that i stopped liking it i like that they introduced that um as an element that you could probably so that you would the viewer could play along right yeah that you could be active in trying to solve it but quickly it becomes it becomes something that is beyond your comprehension as a viewer right yeah you, you can't you can't say like no don't go through that door because the formula doesn't add up you yeah, just have yeah. to take the word for it when they say i think we're going to go this way and also um like there were a few points that like from a story perspective and also from a math perspective I, I i couldn't quite make sense of so like when she first figures out the prime number thing that like if there is a prime number in one of the three numbers on each door um that one has a booby trap in it um is it a booby trap <laughs> just seems like a weird word like I think a, that's what they call it so <laughs> i think we're going to say the same the first time the first time they show that on screen they do like close-up inserts on the numbers mm-hmm. and and it's like number and then she thinks for a second she's like not prime and that goes number and she's like thinks for a second not prime and and just uh, like like if you have just the most basic understanding of prime numbers you know that any even number and any number divisible by five is not prime and those are the first two numbers that they show like i, f- I feel like they either should have shown not like numbers that aren't like that but are still not prime or or made some joke about how like oh like fuck like it's divisible you know, like you know make some comment that makes it uh, easily observable that this character actually is intelligent and and that she's not having to like go th- like see the number 642 and go through every single uh, oh wait a minute uh is it divisible by two uh 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 321 and then oh it's not prime mm-hmm. That just seemed kind of silly to me. Did any like did the the other characters pick up on that? Like, were they able to say like this is a prime number or not? They always defer. To uh, her. They d- always defer to her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then and then but then there was another instance where um, at, at no point is it set up that Worth has any understanding of mathematics at all. But she gets to the point where she figures out that the. Um, I don't know if this is a spoiler, I guess, but like the cubes move mm. um, and they move based on a certain set of permutations and the coordinates of each box sets up what those per- what those move permutations are. So she knows that it's going to go to one of six positions. I don't know how that's exactly how she determines that so quickly, but um, the, she and Worth have this exchange where she's like, well, if... If, if the, you know the boxes are moving, then it has to be... And then he answers permutations, but 
like I said, it's not, it's never established that he has any understanding of math. And then from there on, he doesn't actually contribute anything mm-hmm. to the, to the calculations. Okay. So I don't, it just seemed like a weird kind of dialogue exchange that I guess they felt like they couldn't just have her monologuing or, or thinking internally about these things. They had to have she had to put an exchange. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I didn't really bother me. I mean, yeah. um, he could have been an engineer or something as well. Or he was an engineer. Yeah. So, yeah, might, yeah. I guess that makes maybe, sense. He might be able to, might be able to have some stake in. in yeah. That. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, odd dialogue, um, did you have you ever said "Holy, holy cats"? Who said that in that one point? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that at all. Holloway says that. Okay. Um, near the beginning, there when they're. Um, um, uh, there was, I guess they, they, they triggered some trap and uh, there, was an, there was an exchange and Holloway remarks, holy, holy cats. And I just thought that was the weirdest thing. And I was wondering if they're trying to avoid swearing because okay. who, who says holy, holy cats? But, but it would have been a restricted movie or like... Yeah, it definitely would have been a restricted movie. Yeah. And pretty soon after that, the characters are swearing. So yeah. it just seems like the weirdest bit of dialogue that they wrote for her. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, it only stuck out for me, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to get into with this movie? Because um, we could just we could just say, uh, and from here on, we're going to the spoilers. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. Because 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 clearly we recommend it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess if you like horror movies and gross gross them ups and oh yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I, does it work as it certainly works as a horror movie? Does it work as a sci-fi movie? I don't know if it's sci-fi because it's not it's not like outside of the realm of reality, so no. to speak. Other than it's like not really about technology, what physically yeah. space would they? What, yeah. Where would they find the physical space to store all of these cubes? But it, it's kind of this like existential kind of movie. Yeah, maybe it's not really sci-fi. Yeah, not not in the sense of like the arrival or uh, yeah. close encounters and that. Did you see of. Arrival? I'm gonna go after this. Right after we stop recording. Oh, really? No, no. I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go real soon. <laughs> real, real soon. Yeah, it's excellent. But that's what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's not gonna fit our Canadian content, though. We'll probably get to it at some point. <laughs> <I'd say. laughs> okay. Anyway, listeners, um, we recommend Cube. We're gonna just uh, keep talking and uh, get into spoilers from this point on. Hmm. Um, okay, Quentin. He he sets himself up as the leader. Yeah. Now, were you, um, how did you react to him? Like, did you, were you on side with him? Did you want him to lead the pack or were you suspicious of him? Because what, the, what happens to the character surprised me, actually. Well, like fairly early on, there were a couple shots of him like glaring upward at one of the characters. So it's like I knew he was going to do something shady. Okay. Or he um, was suspicious of everyone. The movie doesn't give you like a protagonist, a clear protagonist. then, Because yeah. you're supposed to, it, it, it um, like it pulls the rug out from you, right? Because yeah. you're supposed to be. It seems like you're supposed to be following Quentin, and then it turns out he's the villain. Yeah. Um, so, I give the credit. I, I give the movie credit because they had me fooled. Yeah. I I thought he was going to be the one to to get us out of the. Uh, yeah. Well, and 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 like they also set you up to not like Worth's character because he yeah. was involved in the creation of this monster box, whatever yeah. chaos machine. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it's a good reversal that mm-hmm. uh, you you actually come on side with Worth at the end, mm-hmm. um, and he he turns out to be like this, you know, relatively selfless one. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I actually, I actually was pleasantly surprised that there were even two women in the movie. Okay. <laughs> because it, you would think like this, the, the typical sort of setup for this kind of thing would just be a bunch of dudes in a box. And, and, and if there is a female character, there's one like alien or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't even drawn attention to that there were differences in gender or, or ethnicity of the characters or anything. It was just, it's a bunch of people in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what kind of spoilers do you want to get into? Well, I guess, I guess just Quentin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the main one, right? I mean, I think it's a surprise. Just that he's a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really seem... I don't know if I really fully understand the motivation of it, though. Like, why does he murder her? Um, it seemed like he... Because Holloway called him out for for being like a violent piece of shit. Yeah. That was enough for him to realize that she was not worth it. She was, she was not going to be useful to him. Yeah. Right, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It just seems like inevitable that... The, char- the other characters would figure that out and then turn on him as well. I'm not sure if they would have figured it out though. If he, because if he, if he saved Holloway, they could have just kept going. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like a, it seemed like a bad move to me. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it goes to, uh, I guess it goes to that character's um, poor judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, clearly, like he needs at least Levin on his side because she's the one who's figuring out what box to go to and when and like she she clearly sympathizes with Holloway Holloway to a great degree mm-hmm. so like it just, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a good move no no unless he thought everyone was slowing him down yeah yeah uh, which is why he makes he makes the move at one point to, to just leave the others behind right? yeah um, but I, I guess the but the lesson like if there's a lesson that the cube is trying to teach, it's like you need all these you need all these different segments of society for it to function properly for the community to function. Yeah. So if if Quentin is violating that by saying I only need these two uh, segments, that is the then everyone's gonna die. Like the enforcer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the cube is teaching him a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that the movie is trying to. I like that. I like that the movie is sort of inspiring, like thoughts about about what makes a community work. Yeah. Um, it. I'm not sure if it really gets any deeper than that, though, right? Yeah. It's, it's just. It's just kind of a. Yeah, thriller. I think. I think. I think it's like it sustains itself enough for the characters to have interesting dialogue about it, um, and. Yeah, for for those thoughts to remain with you for a short while, but ultimately it's the thriller elements of it that that make it more interesting. I think. Yeah. Um, so we won't get to the um, we won't get into the sequels for a while, I guess. Um, yeah. Maybe eventually when we run out of uh, or when we feel like it, when we yeah. run out of other gone through other Canadian content. Mm-hmm. What would you? I I, th- I think the there was that other Canadian horror movie podcast that was around for a while. I think they've kind of stopped. So. Oh. We have more, more leeway to do more horror movies, I guess. Sure, great. All right, <laughs> that's too bad. Um, yeah, there needs to be needs to be voices talking about Canadian movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would what would you expect in a sequel? Just like different varieties of of the the traps in the boxes. Okay, so you want more more gore, more creative gore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Different character dynamics, I guess. Right. So we'd have to see. 
new characters. Um, so not just not just a copy of these ones. Yeah. And do you think we would find out where the cube came from? Do you think we'd get the origin of the cube? I don't know that that's really necessary. But if you had to, but if, you know, because what did this make? This made, um, well, on IMDb it said uh, after a limited release, it made $490,000 US. So, um, not but with big. home video and all that, it's, it's definitely made its yeah, money. Yeah, for sure. Point, yeah. yeah. Um, when there were video stores, I'm sure this would have been. Yeah, but even like I, I bought the Blu-ray off Amazon recently, and like I'm sure people are renting it or it's streaming on some service, and they're getting results. What I, what I mean is, what I mean is, uh, the producers figured it was profitable, right? yeah. so they're going to make another one. Yeah. But what would what would you have to do in a sequel? Uh, we're going to compare this in the future. We're going to we're going to listen to this again and see if our predictions were right. Well, I already know from someone else I spoke to that there are different varieties of traps. Okay. Apparently one like fills with water, which would be kind of cool. Wow. Then you'd have to open the bottom door. I don't know. No? It's not as simple as that. I don't know. We haven't okay. seen the movie. Yeah. You don't, then, so you don't want to know who the, who the creators of the cube are? I don't think so. I bet the movies, I bet the sequels will give us that though. Yeah. Because they have to, they have to up the ante, right? They have to... But then I feel like you're spending way too much time outside the cubes because... There's no chance that the person's just going to be sitting on the outside, unless unless it's like you get to the end and you win a prize, and it's like, hey, you did it, buddy. And like, I guess that could be a possibility. But you can't just make a movie of people running around a cube set again, right? You can't just you can't just do the same thing with new characters. I think you could. All right. There's there's like many examples of that where sequels are just basically the same movie over again. I mean, Back to the Future is like literally the same movie. Yes, but <laughs> but they have a different setting. Cube doesn't have a different setting, unless we're gonna have like the uh, the pentagons and then the, <laughs> the hexagons, right? How many? That would, that would just make get? it harder to like like cover the different services. Yeah. Pyramids. <laughs> if they had pyramids, then you would have uh, an option of four doors. And... But a pyramid is just a bisected cube. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we'll... Uh, Is it? We'll I feel like if you stack pyramids in a certain way, you would make a cube. Maybe I'm wrong. It'd be stronger. A cube, uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of triangles stuck together is a, is a stronger structure than a bunch of cubes. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that has, uh, that's completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap up this talk about cube. Yeah. Great. Um... The only thing that I thought was um, recognizably Canadian, uh, I think there's uh, the people who you would recognize from Canadian TV that uh, show up. Mm -hmm. uh, and those and the, they're the two characters that killed off the quickest. Oh man, yeah, Ren's killing uh, death scene is very awesome as well. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the holy holy cats moment. No? Okay. <laughs> um, Bubbling faces, Batman. <laughs> And um, hydrochloric acid, Batman. I think we gotta have uh, you gotta pick a prime number. Uh, but if you pick a prime number, it's a trap. Fifty-nine is prime. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Forty-one is my score. Okay. Um, I was going to research this ahead of time, but I didn't, so I'm just gonna estimate. I'm gonna give it sixteen thousand six hundred and thirty-six cubes. Because that was like roughly how many cubes there were in the cube. Uh, 
in the bigger cube. I see. Nice. No, I don't know. Uh, out of 59 cubes. That's what you said. Are they leaves or cubes? They're leaves. Yeah, leaves. Of course be leaves. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we always just end up with the same rating. That's right. Because like 41 is pretty good. Um, yeah. It's like two thirds. Only if you're like using that scale of like uh, like percentage out of the 57. Yeah. Two thirds of a cube. Is that your, that's your score? Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you are looking for our other content, check out our website, filmedincanada.net. Check us out on iTunes. We got content there too, and you can give us a review. You can email us. Maybe you could explain the Kafka-esque nature of the movie to us in an email. That'd be cool. And then I'm on Twitter. I, I, I don't really tweet much anymore because I've like kind of gone off Twitter since the whole Trump escapade. Just, just, just made it dirty. For it's you. Just, no, it's just too much, man. <laughs> just too much. I did get into an exchange as to why I rated the movie Norm of the North five out of five stars on Letterboxd recently on Twitter, though. Mm. That was a surprise since I didn't think that people were paying attention to what I, what ratings I was giving to movies, especially Norm of the North. But uh, Was that sincere? Or were you just trying to see if anyone was paying attention? Uh, it was not sincere. It was just because no one else had given it a five-star rating, so I wanted to. <laughs> great. It's a great movie, though. Well, now it's it's a five-star movie now. Yeah. It was actually a letterbox that that social networking website for movies. They do a year in review, and um, it was their lowest rated movie of the year on the website. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really really stupid animated movie about a polar bear that needs to save the Arctic from an evil real estate developer. Oh, I vaguely it's, remember it's, it. It's never explained why they would want to build real estate in build homes in the Arctic. To be mean to pull it, and there and there are only four homes that they end up building. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Okay. Well, let's close it out. Yep. And uh, thanks for listening. Hope you'll listen again. Bye bye.